Good morning, everybody. You know it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. And How many in here is alive this morning? Are you breathing? Everybody breathing? You know what the Bible says, everything that's got breath, let them do what? Praise the Lord. So you and I ought to be able to praise the Lord this morning. You say, why can I praise the Lord this morning? Well, Psalms 139, 14 says, I will praise thee. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And what did it say after that? It said, for my soul knoweth right well. What you know this morning ought to cause you to praise the Lord if you're saved this morning. I tell you, because you know what? Hey, your name's been written in the book of life. And guess what? There ain't nobody can take it out of there. So Jesus said he didn't want your joy to be partial, but he wanted it to be what? Full. So every day that you and I get up and we're breathing, we ought to praise the Lord. We ought to thank him for coming by our way. And you ought to be excited because you know what we're going to look at this morning in our life should be the greatest story ever told. It can't be bought and it can't be sold. But it brings the life for every sin, and it sets us free to live again. You don't start living till you meet a man named Jesus. And when you meet a man named Jesus, every day becomes sweeter than the day before. And you know, we don't look behind, and we don't look right now, but we look forward. We don't sit around and moan and groan because this shoulder's hurting today, and the mark may be this one. We don't do that, you know. We probably do at times, but we shouldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. We ought to just praise God that we feel that shoulder. It lets us know we're alive. And, and you know, and, and being able to, to move forward because a better day's coming. And I'm telling you, the more I've been off, the more I've got to study. And I'm telling you, the Lord's coming is any moment, any second, of any hour, of any day. I believe I'm going out of here in the rapture. That's what I believe. I mean, it is there. It is there. And when I've took detailed study into the last days, I want to tell you something. All I got to do, and I've seen two or three things just in this last week, just to remind me. And, and, and you think it ain't there. When I grew up, for instance, to give you one thing, and I got out of line, Dad whooped my hind end. And I got back in line. When I went to school, I remember a time I got out of line at the water fountain and I got a paddling. Old Joe got back in line. You remember those days? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Dad didn't tell me to do something twice. This day and age, quit that. Quit that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Nothing ever happened. One of the things, big signs of the last days is children being disobedient to their parents and the parents can't do nothing with them, just like in school. They're out of control. They can't touch them. And you would not believe, you would not believe what goes on and what a school teacher goes through this day and age. And especially this year when it's teaching double. You do not know how people act to those teachers and and you know it's always that teacher's fault and and they can't make that kid do nothing when they're at home or wherever they're at and the parent don't do it but it's the teacher's fault if they're failing and the teacher can lose their job if they're failing do you see how mixed up things are you count on it and you get up you better beware each day you go to bed of the night, you better praise God you're saved because in the morning you may not be on that pillow. During the night you may be in the air on that cloud. I'm telling you it's that close. But what we're looking at here is like I said, I know this is the greatest thing that ever happened to old Joe was the day I got saved. And I, it excited me from the moment I got saved and I'm still excited about being saved. I don't know about you and I don't care a bit. Paul said in Romans 1 and 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You know who that left out? Nobody. God's love is for us all. And he didn't just tell us, he has showed it to us. And, and listen, 
And that's what I wish I had all day on this. You know, it don't do me no good to sit around and study all like I get to. I tell you, I get excited about it, and I get saturated with it, and I got so much in me, I don't know what to do with it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But it's, it's good to know, and you just pray this morning as we pray, that God directs me and gives me the way he wants me to go this morning that will help each one of us to be, hey, I mean to be joyful, hey, to be excited about who we know this morning, and his name is Jesus. You got an unspoken request, just raise your hand this morning. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and, uh, and then we're going to get started. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, and we just want to praise your precious and wonderful name this day. We thank you for coming in and looking for us, dear Lord, and letting us know just how lost that we was, dear Lord, and also letting us know how much that you loved us and letting us know that we've been redeemed and if we just received the gift that you had to offer, we'd be saved and on our way to heaven. Oh, what wonderful words. And like I said, the greatest story ever told. It can't be bought and it can't be sold, but it brought the life for every sin and it set us free to live again. And we want to praise you for that this morning, dear Lord. And dear God, we're excited this morning that we're able to come out to your house this morning, dear Lord. And, and, and dear God, even though we brought pain with us, we know we're alive this morning. And we want to just praise you for it this morning to just let us know how much that you do love us, dear Lord. And we thank you for your precious word and the excitement that's in it, dear Lord. And how that it lifts us up, how it strengthens us, how it empowers us, dear Lord, to be able to do what you would have us to do this morning. I pray everyone would be attentive to you this morning and you would be with each teacher, dear Lord, and you let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight this day, dear Lord. And dear God, I pray for our pastor this morning as he tips off revival, dear Lord. I pray you give him a message that would kindle a fire, dear Lord, that would keep on burning. And dear Lord, be with the evangelist as he comes, dear Lord, to preach the rest of the time. And dear God, I pray that you would bless him and give him the messages of the air. And for those that sing, dear Lord, I pray they sing like they never sung before, dear Lord. And I pray that there's a fire comes on this hill, dear Lord, they can see all over the place. And dear Lord, just let it shine out and touch the hearts of everyone that's attended it to you. Be with us, dear Lord. Help us come, dear Lord, and help us come excited to the services, dear Lord. Help us come and know that you promised you'd meet with us, dear Lord, and, and let us go away appraising your precious name this morning. Dear God, it's so good to be in your house. It's so good to know that we've got a reservation in heaven with our names on it this morning, dear Lord. And dear God, I pray for all those that's under the sound of our voice this morning that you would just touch their hearts, you would enlighten them and let them know and let them see that wonderful, great love that you have, dear Lord, and how you put it on display that nobody could miss it, dear Lord. And I pray you'd stir the hearts of all those round about us, dear Lord, wherever we go, dear Lord, when they see us coming, they can see you. And dear Lord, just be with us now. Lead us in the way you'd have us to go. And we pray you'd rest, bless your precious word this morning, dear Lord, and Help us, dear Lord, just lift it up and hide it in our hearts, dear Lord, and be excited about it and grow from it this morning. Be with us now, dear Lord, and we'll give you the praise for all things, for you're worthy of it all. Forgive us now where we failed you and come short. In Jesus' precious name, we ask these things this morning, and amen. Boy, I tell you, it's good this morning to, to know who we are in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, it's exciting to know, and you know, like, like I said, I'd like to have all day on these few verses. And, 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 you know, sometimes, I tell you, I don't know about you, but when I get into the Word of God, it excites me. You know why? Because I know I'm part of it. I know I'm part of that story that's being told. I know God come looking for me. I didn't go looking for Him. And, boy, He welcomed me into His family with loving arms. And you know what? He made my joy full. It wasn't nothing that I ever did. But it's always been about what he did. And you know, because of that, boy, I'm telling you, God sends you and I to tell others about Jesus. You know, everybody knows about the great painting that Leonardo da Vinci did, The Last Supper. You know, it's most, one of the most recognizable works of art in the world. But da Vinci would not have created it if he had not been commissioned to do it as part of a church renovation. Did you know that? 
He did that because they was renovating a church and he was commissioned to do it as part of that church renovation. But you know, this commission, it led to a beautiful work of art. And everybody about it knows about it. And you know, followers of Christ have received the commission too. And you know, and it's carrying out this commission that leads to something more beautiful than any work of art. And you say, well, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's to change lives as people place their faith in Christ. You know, it said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creature. Old things have what? Passed away, and all things have become new. Boy, I'm telling you, it wasn't nothing you and I did, but it was the touch of God that came by our way. You see, the day I got saved and the day you got saved in Romans 5 and 5, it said, God, the Holy Spirit, you know what he did? He came by and he saturated my heart with the love of God. And that saturation, it said there, he shed abroad in her hearts the love of God. You know what that term means? It means he poured in so much that it runs over. Use all you want and it never runs dry. He said, share it. There's enough to go around and it puts it in everybody in the same way. Boy, I'm telling you, can you imagine a stream that flows like that? You see, there ain't no place God's love can't go. Did you know that? No place God's love can't go. And I'll tell you what it does. It changes you and I inside and out. Because what's inside is going to come outside. It's going to be put on display. That's what God's amazing love can do. And he said, we're in that great love. And you see, you know, when it come by my way, the same time it come by your way. You see, you and I, the Bible said, was dead in our trespasses and sins. How dead? Graveyard dead. You never see a dead man set up meat? You ever see a dead man walk around? Absolutely not. You're not going to. But boy, I'm telling you, you see, there wasn't nothing you and I could do. But that little phrase in there, it said, but God. Whew, think about that. How powerful of a statement that is. But God. We're in what? That great love that he loved us. You know, there ain't never been nobody loved you and I like God has. It said, for God did what? He so loved the world. That little word so, you know what it means? It means there ain't nobody ever loved you that much. Nobody. It said he commended his love toward us. And that while we was what? Yet sinners, rotten to the core, not caring about nothing. He come and paid our sin debt. And he presented it as a gift to you and I. And all we had to do was recognize that we are sinners. And God loves us. And he's not willing that any should perish. But what? All come to repentance. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us stirred up this morning. You remember the day you got saved? Hey, boy, I can take you to the time and I can show you the place where God saved me by his wonderful grace. You know, it motivated me. I was so excited. I tell you what, before I could get to church and go up and tell the church, I led my best friend to the Lord sitting in the pew beside of me. That's how excited I was about the Lord. I mean, I told him what God had done for me. And boy, he wanted some of it that morning. And when I went up that morning, he was right with me. I'm telling you, that's what God can do. God can stir your heart. And when you realize just how good God, where he brought you from and where you are right now, sometime just sit down and you study this week and take the little book of Ephesians and go through and write down all the phrases in Christ Jesus. Bathe yourself in the certainty who you are in Christ Jesus. Because you are a child of God, what's that mean to you and I? Boy, I'm telling you, you know what you'll do when you start doing it? You're going to have pages written down. You're going to be excited, and you won't want to put God's Word down. That's what will happen to you. You want stirred up? Don't turn on the news and look at a bunch of lies and a bunch of stories that give you doom and gloom, but pick up the Word of God and get excited to where you, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll be beside yourself. You'll feel refreshed. You'll feel strengthened. You'll feel motivated. That's what God's word will do for you. God wants you to pick it up every day. God wants you to thank him that he come by that way that day. And guess what? When you pick it up and then you go to him in prayer, man, you're having a conversation with God that ain't like no other. Man, I'm telling you, he knows what you, when you hurt, he knows everything about you. He searches your heart because he knows your heart. And he wants to be part of it each and every day. That's what God does. God wants to take his word. He wants to motivate you and I. And he lives inside of you and I. God the Holy Spirit. He's there to stir us up. He's there to motivate us. He's there to give us what we have need of. But he only takes the instruction that comes from the word of God. And he reminds us. And as we hide it in our hearts, 
He brings it to a remembrance at the time we have need of it that day, that night, that morrow. God ever wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I need you to pray about this? Man, it seems like more often, more than not ever days anymore, it seems like there's times he'll wake me up right in the middle of the night and there's something that needs to pray about right there and right then. I don't understand why. But God knows what he's doing. God stirs our hearts. And you know what? And, and then you can lay back down and, man, just have a peace about it to know that God's got this. God's taking care of this. God's moving on this. And, boy, and, and I'm telling you, hey, hey, you see those art things up people go crazy about, like I said, like Leonardo da Vinci. But, boy, I'm telling you, there's nothing more beautiful than to see an old lost soul son's changed and become a child of God and you say does that motivate you does that stir you up I want to tell you something I worked around some men in my day I, I'm telling you they'd stir up a fight to start a fight they'd do anything they'd stand and cuss you out right to your face I mean just everything coming and going and, and everything motivated them in a mean spirit just mean 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 I'm telling you but boy I'm telling you this one I talked to that one day and I'm telling you his sister got him to go to church with her son on a Sunday morning. And the Lord, oh man, he come down to the house and he had to tell me what God had done and how he met him right there in that pew. And he, he couldn't, it wasn't up there. He said he come to the pew and met him. And boy, he stirred his heart. And to this day, that old boy that was like that, I'm telling you, he may be right there on the job site down on his knees of praying and thanking God and asking God to, to deal with him and help him through that day. Man, can you see the power of God? You ever been, uh, that's a dramatic change. But I want to tell you something. There ain't no goody two-shoes either that's going to heaven. You ain't going to live good enough to get there. And there's a lot of good people. But boy, I tell you what, God can come along and he can touch them too. And he can move upon them because you and I are to be on display. We're to let them see what we've got that they need. And, and listen, there's nothing more beautiful, no, no more precious than to see a lost soul get saved and see that change that takes place in their life. That's that beautiful picture of art. That's seeing what God can do, what God can move upon. And boy, when that happens and he puts it on display, it's put there to be seen. It's put there so others can see what God can do, what God wants to do. And guess what? It don't matter how rotten you are. It don't matter how far you've been. God loves you and God will save you if you'll just recognize that fact and then come in. He's inviting you to come to him. And boy, I'm telling you, what a difference that it makes. And you know, God wants you and I to realize a few things this morning. You know, the final word, final words are important. And for believers, some of the final words Jesus gave before, before returning to the Father, those marching orders for ministry, it was known as the Great Commission. And you know, I'm telling you, there's nothing like listening to what God has to say and following his direction. You know, Solomon penned it down pretty good. He said, hear instruction, be wise, and do what with it? And refuse it not. Man, that's the best set, best set of advice any one of us could have. If we'll listen at what God says and move upon what God says and, and be amazed by what God says and see the difference that it will make in your life. And if you'll notice here this morning, boy, I'm telling you, hey, I'm, I'm already, already been touched before I even get started. And my eyes are already moving. I'm telling you, it just touches me to see when God shows up on something. And you know here in the Matthew, the 28th chapter, I want you to look there in verse 18. It said, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, What kind of power? What? All power is given where? Unto me where? In heaven and in earth. You know what that says? That says he is equipped to do whatever he wants to do. There's nothing that is impossible with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. Now think about this. And you know what he said here? You know, some of Jesus' final words before leaving earth and returning to his Father, like I said, are commonly known as the Great Commission here. And the commission begins with a statement about what? About power. And you know, throughout his time on earth, Jesus had demonstrated that he possessed what kind of power? All power. Man, I'm telling you, you think about Did you know 
in his ministry, that three years of his ministry, you know what it said? It said there in John 20, he said, hey, many other signs truly did Jesus in front of his apostles, which are not written in this book, but these that are written are written, why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have what? Life through his name. And you go on over to the next chapter, and you know what it says? It says if you was to write down everything that he did. Now let the, think about this. In that three years of ministry, the world itself could not contain the books that it would be written down therein. Did that sink in? You catch that? You see what that's saying? Man, do you think he's got the power? Do you think he did a little bit while he was here? Do you think he can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it? Man, he spoke the world into existence. It said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it said all things that was made was made by him, and without anything, listen, there wasn't anything that was made that wasn't made by him. And he went on down in that 14th verse, and he said, And the what? And the word was made what? Flesh. And what did he do? He dwelled among us. Do you think he wants to be part of your life? Do you think he didn't just say it, but he what? He proved it. He showed it to you and I without a shadow of a doubt. And boy, I'm telling you. And so whenever he asks you and I, boy, I'm telling you, Think about this. Hey, he, 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 he instructed his disciples on the next phase of their task, and he enabled them to carry out his orders. And by referring to his power over everything in heaven and in earth, Jesus again was emphasizing that nothing was out of his rule and there was nothing out of his reign. He wants you and I to see that without a shadow of a doubt. And furthermore, he let the disciples know that his authority was now at their disposal. You know, they had seen God's power at work in Jesus' earthly ministry. And like I said, don't never forget that three years, the world couldn't contain the books they'd be written down in if, if we had everything that he'd done. And think, these guys was with him. Can you imagine that? No wonder they all ended up martyred. I'm telling you, they knew who he was. They knew what he could do. And they knew they was a part of it. And they knew that this old world didn't contain nothing that would compare to the glory that they're going to get someday. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God's got prepared for them that what? Oh, aren't you glad you love him this morning? Uh, you see where the excitement comes from? You and I only got a glimpse and we're tore all to pieces. We're excited. And, and I'm telling you, just think about, man, like that song says, I'm going to get beside myself when I get beside the king that day. I'm going to have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. Man, I may not slow down for a million years. You ever think about that? You ever, you ever think about being that excited? Man, and think if we're all that way. Wow, what excitement. Man, I'm telling you, we're just getting a glimpse and guess what? You and I possess this. Why shouldn't we share that? Can you imagine? Hey, hey, how if you let the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart spill over and you take it wherever you go? I'm telling you, there shouldn't be a person at work that don't know you're saved. There shouldn't be a person in your family that don't know you're saved. There shouldn't be a person in your neighborhood that don't know you're saved. There shouldn't be a hungry person come up to you that needs help and don't know you're saved. What? You mean ever everything I'm involved in or to shine God's love oh man that's what I'm telling you this morning God wants you and I shining what did he say he said let your light you mean you got a light absolutely he said let I got one you got one he give us all one he said let your light so shine remember that little word so that means ain't nothing should burn any brighter than you and I wherever we go there shouldn't be one spot you step in that day that they can't see the love of God by the way you act, not what you say. Remember what it said? Not what you say because he said, let your light do what? So shine, where? Before men, why? That they might see, not hear, might see your good works. For what purpose? To glorify the Father which is in heaven. And boy, I'm telling you, man, 
I'm telling you, this clock needs to stop. But listen, what God wants you and I to do, what he wants you and I to put on display. And you know, something's put on display for what reason? To be seen. Man, God wants you seen. And, and if you're seen, guess what? And you're shining his love, he's going to be glorified. That's what God wants from you and I. Man, you know what? And you've got an opportunity to stand up and speak for God. There will be a, this whole bill. Can you imagine if preacher said, anybody got a testimony tonight? And this whole place jumped up at the same time and started praising God. Man, I tell you, I don't know what, he wouldn't know what to do. He, that'd be the time he wouldn't run, he'd fly. I'm telling you, he'd come over that pulpit. You know why? Because he would see something that would be truly remarkable. The love of God at its fullest put on display at the same time. Man, I, I'm telling you, guess what? One of these days we're going to get to see that. We're going to get to see the love of God put on display at the same time. Oh, what a miraculous thing that, that's going to be. And you see, when God moves and when God stirs hearts, I'm telling you, and, and, and we get looking at it. And you know, over in Luke, the, 10th chapter, I don't have time to read it. You can put it down if you've got your pen. These things will help you. Luke 10, 9, and 17. And you know what it's talking about? It's talking about there how that Jesus sent the disciples out. And he told them to go out. He was here with them. He was their power source. He was here with them. He gave them the power. And, and boy, I'm telling you, he told them to heal those that were sick. He told them that all those that possessed those demons and stuff, that they would be able to cast them out. And boy, they came back with a report, and, and they was telling, they was rejoicing over that they had power to cast those demons out. They could heal, they could do all those things that Jesus had given them the power to do when he was here with them. But you know what he told them? He said, as excited as you are, and as you see the power of God working in your life and in the lives of others, he said, hey, I know you're excited, but he said, hey, there's something even more to rejoice about. He said, don't rejoice just because you can do that, but rejoice because your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Man, if it's there, you've got something to rejoice about. All these other things are come along because of the power of God. Boy, when God moves, like the preacher said, you don't know if that sermon hit you or not about the touch of God last week. Boy, when God's touch is there, those loving arms come around you and I, and you know you're a child of God, and, and you get put in a situation you don't want to be in sometimes. But you don't have to worry about it, because it said there, Paul said in Philippians 4 and 19, but my God, he shall supply all your need according to his glory, his riches in Christ Jesus. Boy, I'm telling you, he provides everything you and I have need of. Listen, the only ability you and I have to have in, this, in our commission that God gives us is availability and dependability. And because God the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and I, he gives us what we have need of at the time we have need of it. And he gives us, remember what Jesus said? He didn't lack nothing. He pointed that out right in that first, we may not get past that first verse, but he said, all power is given unto me. Where? In heaven and in earth. And then notice, what everybody look at that next verse. What's the first word in that next verse? What's that second word? Who's that include? You and I. He said, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people that you should what? You should what? Show forth. What's that mean? That means you're on display again. That you should show forth what? The praises of him that did what? Called you out of darkness. And where did he place you? Oh, boy, ain't it good to walk in the light and see where you're going. And, and, and you know, when you see where you're going, you know where you're going. I remember coon hunting and possum hunting and everything in the world, them old carbide lights before they got these, these new ones. And son, them things would go out. And you didn't know where, where you was at half the time. If you was going along the edge of a hill and going to step off a cliff or whatever it was, you weren't walking too comfortable. You was poking out in front of you to know. I mean, you wanted to know. But, boy, when you got a good light, you know what I love about the Word of God? He said that his Word was a, a lamp unto my feet. You know what that's telling me? It's showing me where I'm at. A lamp ain't don't move. It's sitting there. 
God's Word is stationary. It shows me where I am at. But it also said that it was a what? A light unto my path. You know what that means? That because of what I know that's in the Word of God, every step I take, it becomes clearer to me. You know why? Because God's Word gave me the instruction that I needed which direction to go. That's that power source. God's word sharper than any two-edged sword. Son, it cuts coming and it cuts going. When old Joe gets out of line, he puts me back in place. It shows me that, I, you know what, I don't know about you, but if I know I've done something I shouldn't have, son, it gets on me. You see, that, that conviction is there. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of me says, Joe, that's wrong. And you know what I want to do? I want to make it right. Oh, I'm so glad I'm a child of the king. And that his royal blood, it flows through my veins. Because I know, I don't have to wonder my path, son, I can see where I'm going. Because I've got the instruction manual. I don't have to worry about if I made a wrong turn. Because if I do, there's a beeper goes off. God, the Holy Spirit, he said, hold it. You need to be going this direction. And he's always on time. Right on time. Boy, I'm telling you, that's how, that's how God works. And you see, he's letting me know he's got all power. And he said, go ye therefore. Therefore what? Because I've got all power. And you know what Jesus said? John 15. Don't have time to turn over and read it. But he said, I am the vine. And ye are the branches. He that a what? Abideth in me. And I and him, the same's going to do what? Oh, man, he's going to bring forth much fruit. Man, when I'm attached, I don't have to worry about it. You know why? Because he's got this. He is that power source. And he said, without me, what can I do? I can do nothing. You know, I want to tell you something. You and I are to be seed sowers. We're to tell what God's done in our lives. Tell where we was and tell where we are and tell where we're going. And it's all because of what? Him. And, and, and boy, I'm telling you, man, oh man. You know what? Jesus told his disciples there in verse 19 that the purpose for his power and authority was to put their faith into action. What did he say? Go ye. Where do I go? It don't make no difference where I'm at. That's the place God wants me. I, when I'm going and I'm recognizing his power, I'm recognizing his authority, and I'm recognizing that, you see, I can't do nothing myself, but he can do it all. And I want to tell you something. Some souls, some waters, but it's always God that gives the increase. Did you know that? And I want to tell you, I've got to lead people to the Lord many different ways. But there's only one way they could got saved in all of them. And his name was Jesus. You see, what it was that led them there was the love of God. That's what stirred me. That's what stirred you. That's what stirs anybody. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except he comes out. Doing by me. And boy, I'm telling you, I, I, I remember, and we've been praying for that old boy. You know, now that he, he's been battling cancer and he's had his surgery and he's taking his treatments and, and he's doing remarkably well, but I'll never forget the day that I gave him that track. And I told him, I said, now don't throw this in the, in the garbage. I said, when you get a chance, will you just do one thing. Just promise me you'll read through it. You see, I throwed them bean seeds in the ground and I covered them up. I didn't produce no beans. But I did put them in the ground. You see, when I put that track out there, the word of God and the love of God, and he took it and he went fishing, he seen it in his pocket and he read it, and he came in on Monday morning and he said, listen, he said, you never believe what happened to me. I'll never forget that. I looked at him and I said, son, you got saved, didn't you? How'd you know that? Oh, 
But there ain't no portrait ever been painted. It's like somebody getting saved. None. I know how, what it did for me. I know the change that was in me. And boy, when somebody gets it, oh, the Spirit will let you know. I mean, it just hits the spot like you've been eating a good meal. It hits the spot. Audrey said one day that hit the spot, and I said it hit all of them. Man, it was good. And you see, that's what God does when he comes by our way. He don't only hit the spot. Man, he hits them all. And boy, it's better than good what God can do for us. And you see, it's God that gives the increase. And you see, you think that old boy now with the battle he's going through, he's glad that he got that track that day. I was glad when that Sunday school teacher that day let me know how much that God loved me. And that took the word of God and it stirred my heart. And you see, and it was God the Holy Spirit that brings the conviction upon us. He lets us know just how lost that we are. But he also shows us how much that God loves us. Because it comes through display on the word of God. And you see, you and I are to be seed sowers. I mean, it may be a little card that you send to somebody. Anybody ever see a spark in a sage grass field, what it'll do? It starts out as a spark. But the next thing you know, you got a wildfire. Boy, I'm telling you, you remember Paul and Silas? Hey, I don't know. Hey, I said, pray God takes me the direction he wants me to go. He knows, not me. But I want to tell you something. If I was following Silas beaten, it was because they were sharing the love of God. But you know what? That portrait that they was looking at, that focus they was on, they could have beat the snot out of them, but it didn't change a thing. You could tie hand grenades to my head and and blow my brains out this morning, but you'll never change the fact that I'm saved on my way to heaven. And what I, the focus I have, and the, where my joy comes from, it, you know, you can, you know, like I said, sometimes we're on a lot of pain the older we get. And you know, we can be abused verbally, mentally, all kinds of ways. But Paul and Silas was beaten. And you know, they're putting those stocks. And you know, that couldn't have been too comfortable. And put in the middle of that prison and a guard put on them. Oh man, can you imagine having so much joy that your joy is full? <laughs> and, and that is nothing to you. What you are visualizing, what you are feeling, and the joy that's within you. Them old boys started singing praises unto God. Can you imagine no matter what somebody says to you and you turn that other cheek and what you have to go through, it's worth it if you can win one lost soul. If you can, if you can put it on display, there's something about you. I'll never forget, and I ain't bragging on me none whatsoever. But I remember on a job site this one day, this old boy come in and you got that heart on the painting crew. He wore these dark glasses over his eyes, never said a word. Never did nothing much, and I'd talk to him and try to befriend him and, and just say something nice to him when I passed by and stuff like that, make him feel part of it. And when the boys would run down to McDonald's down the street and get something for a break, coffee or something, we'd buy him one and bring him one back in a biscuit or something and give it to him and, 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 and just have a good time in the Lord them days. You know, one day he, I went out to the truck to get something. He followed me out to the truck, and he said, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, there's something different about you. And boy, I knew right then what God was telling me. So I just stopped. I had my Bible there in my truck. I just set him inside the truck away from everybody and started talking to him. I seen big old tears come out under those glasses. It wasn't me. But you see, I took the seed, the Word of God, and God the Holy Spirit took that. And he touched his heart with it and showed him where he was, what he could have, where he was going. And boy, he began to pray there and realized, when he realized he was a sinner and what God had to offer, and God touched his heart, and God saved him right there in the front of my truck. And I told him, I said, you need to let, let the world know. You need to find the church. He said, where do you go? And I told him, I come up here. If you remember, and I didn't know this either at the time, 
Brother Herschel baptized him, and he stood right here giving his testimony. And he said, this was on a Friday that I got to talk to him. He said, you know what? That Thursday night before Joe talked to me, listen, I was going to commit suicide. But God let him come by one more day. And God sent him out to my truck. I'm so glad that I was willing and recognized it, that God touched my heart. You see, I couldn't have done that, but God the Holy Spirit will impress you. You and I don't know whose door to knock on. You and I don't have to go look and knock on doors. God sends them by our way. And the Bible says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men. And he said, especially to those who are of the household of faith. How you and I treat one another when a lost person is sitting in these seats, they will see the love of God. How you and I treat each other out there in the world. God's commissioned you and I to shine. He's commissioned you and I to show that love. He put it in us. And he's also the distributor of it from inside of you and I. And you say, how do you know that? You turn to Acts 2 and 38 and you will see exactly the instant you and I got saved. God, the Holy Spirit, he came and he made his abode in our life. And listen, it said in Ephesians 5 and 18, be not drunk on wine, worries, and excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. That be filled, that's present tense. That's something we do on a regular daily basis. And you know what God promised? You know what he promised you and I? In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, he said it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They're new when? Oh, let that sink in for a moment. They're new every morning. And what did it say about his faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness. I want to tell you something. If you feel far from God this morning, guess who moved? It's not him. Oh, man. It said in Isaiah that his arm's not too short, <laughs> that it can't reach us. Hey, listen. His ear's not too heavy that it can't hear us. Boy, God is there. And, and I'm telling you, you know what? And, and then when you go on, you see, they had seen God's power at work in the earthly ministry of Jesus. And they would experienced the power for themselves. We've seen there in Luke 10. And you know, the same omnipotent God would also be working in them as they continued to work on earth. You see, God was wanting them to see. Jesus wanted them to see, even though he wasn't there himself personally with us, with them that they were still going to have the power. And the power was coming through God, the Holy Spirit. And he wanted them to realize that. And if you, you look, Jesus let the disciples know that he was going back to the Father. Turn over to the 14th chapter of John. I need to show you these scriptures. In the 14th chapter, listen, of the book of John, we all know whenever he was fixing to be crucified, and we know what he told the disciples there in the beginning. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Why? For in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, if it were not so, I would have what? I would have told you. And he said, I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what did he promise? He would come again. He would receive us unto himself, that where he was, that they may be also. And, and boy, I'm telling you, when we see, and he was reassuring them of that. And then, <coughs> you look on over. That 14th chapter, looking verse 19 through 21. Notice what he says. He said, Yet a little while, and the world shall seeth me no more, but ye seeth me, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that what? That loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And you know what that's telling you and I? Boy, I'm telling you. He's not, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always. And, and, and in this great commission, notice in that last verse, verse 20, he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and I, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In other words, hey, Jesus, he was letting them know, you know, that no matter what they went through, they would still have that power. And he told them, he said, listen, 
to rejoice because why? Never to forget to rejoice because their names was written in the book of life. And listen, and long as we're attached to the vine, he is that power source. And you see, that fruit don't grow on the vine. It grows on the branches. And you see, you and I are those branches. He wants to use you and I to produce what kind of fruit? Much fruit. And listen, and so he wants us to be where we need to be and realize that he has commissioned us to do what he would have us to do. And he was telling them there that power source would still be there when he was gone and even more so. If you look in verses 16 through 18, he said, And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Then go over to verse 26. He said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. You see, how do I know which way to step? God the Holy Spirit reminds me what he said in his word remember what he said about his word he said all scripture was given how by the inspiration of God and it was profitable there's gain in it everybody likes some gain it's profitable for doctrine reproof correction instruction in righteousness why that the man of God might be made th perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works and that word perfect there it means to become mature you see no how do we know by the one who lives inside of us. Remember back a while ago, being filled with the Spirit? That's how much, see, when you get saved, Acts 2 and 38 said, God the Holy Spirit comes and makes his abode inside of us. There's a difference in being filled. Being filled is how much control of our lives you and I allow him to have. That's done every day, every step we take, every situation that we're in. And boy, I'm telling you, it's good to have the direction of the Holy Spirit because I'd make a mess of things. You'd make a mess of things. We'd be afraid to do this. We'd be afraid to do that. And you see, but boy, I'm telling you, there's a boldness that comes whenever we're filled with the Spirit of God and we allow Him to take control. And then I want to tell you, remember what I said? Jesus told His disciples that the purpose for their, His power and authority was to put their faith into action. Go. And listen, Christians are to, to reach out to unbelieving neighbors. They're also to take the gospel to other countries and cultures. And, and you know, and we're support, that's why that, hey, listen, we're a missionary-minded church because, hey, he said take the gospel to the whole world. And, and listen, every time you pay your tithes, there is a percentage of your tithe that goes out to reach a lost person. What? You didn't know that? Absolutely. So whenever you hold back on that tithe and that offering, think what... There may have been somebody that God intended for that portion to go to that day and listen and make it possible for them to get saved. Someday in heaven, somebody comes up and puts their arms around your neck and says, thanks for giving. Oh, I'm glad you gave that day. That offering that you gave, that tithe that you, that you gave consistently and faithfully, it made it possible for me to get saved. Can you imagine that feeling? You talk about jumping. Son, I'm telling you, that would make you jump for joy and, and knowing, and knowing that you could have been just a little part, just a spark in that sage grass field and didn't know it turned into a wildfire and Billy Graham was on the other side. Do you ever think about that? The person that you led to the Lord, think about, you see, that goes on like dominoes. There'll be those that saved you won't even know about right on down the road. And you see, and the, as a matter of fact, one of them that wrote one of the things in our study, I want to tell you, there was a young man come by and give his dad a gospel track and shared with him that gospel track one day. And, and you know, 30 years later when he was born there or so, and his dad was probably middle-aged, he said when he was about 30, his dad shared with him how that he got saved and he was thanking God that he had a dad that would let him know about the Lord. And he was wondering how his dad got saved. And his dad got this little container out and there was a little track in there he'd saved for decades that that boy gave to him, that seed. Now look, it got the dad, it got the family, it got the children, and it was still going. 
And the guy who left the track didn't even know anybody got saved. And he won't know until he gets to heaven. Remember Paul and Silas? I'll get back to that story. You remember they was beaten, they was put in there, they was singing and praising. And you remember what God did? God showed himself. And you remember that old jailer, he was going to do what? The devil will tell you this. Get rid of yourself. You ain't no good. And they said, wait. See, the love of God says, wait. Remember the boy that come to me? He was going to commit suicide. The love of God come to him that Thursday night and said, wait. God had something else in mind. You see, this jailer waited. And guess what? Best I remember, he got saved in his whole life. Wasn't that what happened? Huh? What Paul Harvey says, here's the rest of the story. You see, God, he gives you and I a glimpse. But when you and I are faithful, and that spark is put out there, hey, listen, you know, it's a shame that I ain't got no more time than this. But I want to tell you something. Think about that word commission. I want you to, embed your mind in this what it means I want to break that word apart and I want to show you something that prefix C-O-M you know what that means it means together it means with it means jointly that little prefix C-O-M now keep that in mind now that word mission that last part of it you know what it means It means a specific task. Listen, a person or group is charged with doing. So you know what a commission then is when you put it together? It's a task. Now we're talking about the church. Remember we're talking about the commission of the church. That's what we're talking about. He gave the church the great commission. Not no long rangers. We're to work together. Now notice, in that word commission, notice what it means. It means a task that we are given to do together. Got it? A task that we are given to do what? To do together. And you know, that's the Great Commission. And you know, we should see Jesus, listen, his command is command to join together with him in a specific task in making disciples. And you say, knowing, knowing what to do and knowing how to do it can be quite difficult. And you know, how are we supposed to accomplish this and, and make disciples? Well, pin this down how we're to do it is by his authority and power he let us know that right off the bat right he said all power was given in him in heaven and in earth he said I'm the vine you are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same shall bring forth what kind of fruit much fruit that's the how you got to be attached everybody got it got to be attached now the next word is what what are we to do We're to make disciples. That includes baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things Jesus has commanded us to do. And so we're not just to lead somebody to the Lord and leave them hanging. The first act of obedience is baptism. It's showing that that we have following Jesus, that we recognize what he did. Baptism don't save nobody. But it's an act of obedience showing we have been saved and we become part of the body of Christ. And remember that commission? It's something that's done what? Together. Together as a church. Now notice. And then the word. That goal calls us to make disciples wherever we are. That may be at Walmart in the morning. Hey, that may be at church today. That may be in your home. I'll remember remember when mom was sick of, fighting cancer and I was down in her home and me and her was sitting there talking about the Lord there were some of the grandkids around and they was up in teenage years and and they were sitting there and and they was listening to what mom and me were talking about and one of them asked the question how they could be saved so I began to share with them to tell them how to be saved and they was over in this part of the living room and I seen mom start crying. And her eyes was going over to the corner in the other room. And she was telling me she was watching one of the grandsons sitting over there bawling his eyes out. 
so when I got through there, I turned around and I seen what she was saying. And I started sharing with him and he got saved too. But you see how God works? You don't know when God's going to be counting on you. You don't have to go looking for him. He said there in Galatians 6.10, and don't forget this. He said, as we have therefore opportunity. What's opportunity? It's a chance that may never come again to share with that person. And they get saved. And, and I don't have time to go into it, but you all remember the testimony I give about the atheist woman. How God orchestrated that that day, and I was in another county, and I had no idea, and I knew something. And them dogs tried to eat me up. I knew the devil was fighting it hard, and even when she got saved, they ate this woman, and I left there, and I come off that mountain, and the brakes on my truck went out. The devil tried to take me out, no doubt. But I'm going to tell you something. God allowed me to get that truck stopped. Because he wasn't done with me yet, even though the devil hated my guts that day. And I had no idea, and I was wore out when I went that day. And I'll tell you, all along the way, even the wreck, detouring traffic, everything in the world. And you got a picture, I was cleaning another county, wore out working all day. And you know how we get physically. But because he kept reminding me, you're a man of your word, you told her you'd be there. And I went. And I, can't, I always think, if, I, if I'd let my physicality, like Paul and Silas, get beaten, and they was wore out. But they praised God. Because I honored God in being truthful. And went that day. That person got saved. And even though the devil fought it tooth in tooth. You and I don't know is what I'm telling you. We don't know when that opportunity is going to be. But we can praise God that he will give us that opportunity. And allow us to be a part of the Great Commission. Man, I just got started and I hate that. But I'm telling you, I hope you got a touch. I hope you got a personal teacher. His name is the Holy Spirit. And I didn't have to move on your heart today. He moved on mine, and I'm sure he moved on yours as well. And I'm sure you got everything that he wanted you to have. Because that's just the way he is. And when you come out to God's house, and you've got that desire in your heart to be there, and you know, you and I have a responsibility to come out to Sunday school and to learn of Him. We have a responsibility to come if we're able every time the doors are open. We have a responsibility every day to pick up His Word and allow Him to teach you and I. You say, well, I can't understand it. Hey, I don't understand nothing much. But God, the Holy Spirit, He knows it all. And you know what? He'll give me a nugget to hang on to because I couldn't take it all at once, no way. And you know what He'll do? You remember in verse 26? I want to tell you. I want you to read that with me before we close. It said in verse 26, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your what? To your remembrance. Listen, whatsoever I have commanded you. And you know, God said, you ain't stopping there. We got just a minute or two. I want to read. I want everybody in here, if you've got a Bible, to turn to Romans, the 10th chapter. I don't want to leave this undone and God wanting it spoke. Romans, the 10th chapter. I want you to turn there and I want you to look at this with me this morning. Now in Romans, the 10th chapter, the first verse. You know, have you got any, let me ask you in here, is, is there anybody in your life that you love? Raise your hand. I want to see. Is there anybody in your life that you love this morning? Raise your hand. Now, you don't have to raise your hand this time. But is there anybody that you know, that you love, that's lost? Do you have a neighbor? Do you have a family member? Do you have a friend? Do you know how good you feel this morning because you are saved? Wouldn't you want to share some of that? I want got news for you. You ain't going to lose it if you share it. <laughs> it's going to get better. You're going you're to feel even better, and you're going to rejoice even more. When you do, now I want you to notice something. See what Paul said in verse 1? He said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they might be what? Saved. Now, you have that desire in your heart this morning? Huh? Everybody got that desire? Now, I want you to know something. Go to verse 8. 
it said, but what said it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of what? Faith which we preach. Now we said faith comes how? Hearing and hearing what? The word of God, not just any old thing. Keep that in mind. Now notice, he said that if we shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall what? Believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, what happens? Thou shalt be saved. And listen, he said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Remember what Paul said in Romans 1.16? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And notice, he said, There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto them that call upon him. You know what that means? God's going to give it all to you if you'll call upon him. What did he say? Whosoever shall call, notice in that next verse, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. You know that's past tense. That means you get it and you don't lose it and nobody can't take it from you. It's yours. Remember what Jesus told them to rejoice about when they realized that they possessed the power that he'd give them to go out into this world? He said, don't rejoice just because you know you've got that power, but you rejoice because your name's written in the book of life. Remember, remember what he said. And, and, and now notice, here's the important part of the, of the class today. Don't miss these last few scriptures. He said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And listen, and how shall they hear without a what? Without a preacher. You say, whoo, man, that eliminated me. I don't have to say nothing. Got news for you. That word preacher there means one who will proclaim the gospel publicly. What? You mean I'm a preacher? Absolutely. Every one of us in here, he called us to preach. What? You've been called to preach? Didn't know it. Yeah, every one of us. One who will proclaim the gospel publicly. Now notice, notice, and here's why that's important that you take that responsibility down, that commission. That Commission means what? We're doing it together. You're not alone. We're doing it together. How? We're empowered through and by God the Holy Spirit. How shall they preach? Except they be sent. Did he not send you this morning? Absolutely. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed a report? And he said, so then faith cometh how? By hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. What did it say about those that their feet that brought you the gospel message by one day? What do you think about that person that brought you that gospel message? Oh, they got beautiful feet, don't they? They got a beautiful heart, don't they? Oh, you ain't going to never get over it. You'll never forget that person that come by your day, way that day and shared the gospel message with you. Never forget it. Oh, but there's one thing that's even better. You're never for going to forget that greatest story that was ever told. And remember, it can't be bought and it can't be sold. But you know what it did? It brought to life for every sin. And you know what? It set us free to live again. That's what Jesus did. And you and I have a responsibility this morning to be preachers. That's to let the whole world know what happened to you. Just like I let it know what happens to me. There ain't nobody can tell my story better than me. There ain't nobody can tell your story better than you. And you see, you've been saturated with the love of God. You know what it is if you're a Christian this morning. And you know what he said? He said, Go. Everybody hear that? What'd he say? Go. You know what that means? That means you've got to put forth a little bit of effort. And listen, and the person you walk by this afternoon or tomorrow, if you're where you should be with God and you're letting your light shine, why? Let your light so shine before men, why? That they might see. He didn't say you had to say a word, did he? He said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. For what purpose? To glorify the Father which is in heaven. Remember what I said about that old boy? 
I didn't go looking for him. But God put me on display on that job site, and he come looking for me. That's how God does stuff. That's how the opportunities will come by your way. If you will be attentive to where God's working at in your life each and every day. Don't take a great day for granted. Don't take a person that walks by you for granted. Don't never do that. You never know what God's counting on in your life. So we're commissioned. Remember what the Great Commission is? We do it how? Together. Like that mighty army, we keep marching onward, winning every battle. How? With the Lord by our side. Let's stand and be dismissed in a word of prayer. Brother Gerald, would you dismiss us this morning?